one plus one is two, but pizza, pie, and getting high? <laughs> well, that's the pie, guys. But this is what happened. So the other day, I'm 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 on bar, dude. Like I'm usually making about three drinks at a time. So I'm making three people's or three drinks at one time, right. mind you. The okay. person next to me is also doing the because same you're thing. Just There's that two good at people. Your job? No, it's just what's what's expected. It's just what you do. Okay. That's just that's what you should be able to do. You should be able to do three drinks at one time. But seriously, so it's it's one it's there's two people, so it's me and then another person. Another person is doing mobile, and then another person is doing cafe. Now we're making these drinks simultaneously as people are walking up and telling us their name, like uh, Brittany picking up for Brittany, and I, I gotta reach over, grab Brittany's order, give it to her because she did the mobile order, and then she gets it and walks away. As I'm also making drinks, so I gotta stop what I'm doing to hand somebody to their drink. So Brittany comes up, oh, I'm here for to pick up Brittany. All right, I I have to stop making my drinks. I got to hand it to her. And then there's a person right behind her, literally right behind her. Uh, John, John. Okay. Here, here you go, John. And so now it's taken, I'm taking time out of making these drinks that are still pumping through that people are mobile ordering. Right. So I'm, I got to do everything at once kind of thing. I got to do everything at once. So this lady Raven comes up and she's like, where's, where's my drink? As I, I'm clearly busy, I'm clearly making drinks and handing off drinks to other people. She's like, "Where? Where's my drink? Where's my drink?" I'm like, "What? What's your? What? First off, what's your name? I don't know because there's probably forty drinks around right now. There's probably about like twenty up there on the sh on the counter waiting for people to come pick them up, and I, and I got about fifteen over here that haven't even been made yet." You know what I mean? She's like, and and she's like, Raven, we're, I've been waiting for eight minutes. And I'm like, eight minutes? You've been waiting for eight minutes. And so I'm looking around and I see her. I'm like, I'm making it right now. And she's like, this is ridiculous. I, this, I can't believe this. It, this like, she starts going off, dude. And she keeps reiterating, I've been here for eight minutes. You, I'm, you're getting a corporate call. I'm calling corporate. And I'm like, I don't, first off, I don't fucking care. Um, and the fact that eight minutes is going to cause you to call corporate because it's taking too long for you. When you clearly see that it's busy, there is probably about like eight people in the lobby. And on top of it, mind you, we were short staffed that day because somebody didn't show up. So there's only three people working. Dude. So we're short staffed. There's It's busy. And this lady's yelling at me. And I, I literally was just like, okay, you can call corporate. I don't know what to tell you. Like, other than I'm making it right now and you're going to have to wait. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Listen here, Edgar Allan Ho. <laughs> May we never serve the Raven forevermore. How about that shit? But that's, that's how people are, man. It's mind boggling. And you'll get cool customers sometimes too. Like there's cool regulars, but for the most part, the people are mean. They don't, they are just like, well, where's my stuff? It was supposed to be this. That's another thing. People order their own stuff on the app and then they'll put it in wrong. And so it's like, I don't know who you are. You didn't come in here and talk to somebody at a register and order. You did it on your phone. So whatever you pick on your phone and you send it off, it's going to automatically print 
print out a ticket and I'm just reading this ticket that printed out of a machine. You're not here. So whatever that fucking ticket says, I'm going to make it just like that ticket says. So I'll make it and they'll get there and be like, uh, it was supposed to have vanilla in it. I'm like, ticket doesn't say vanilla. So you, you didn't, you, the, you're the one that created it. It'd have been one thing if you ordered it here and I fucked up and didn't enter it in, but you said it, but you did it on your own fucking phone in your car or at home. I don't know this. They're doing that weird fucking uh, customers always write shit where they try to get over on you and they try to, they try to get more bang for their buck. Fuck you, Starbucks. Cause they're, cause they, you know what? We know it's expensive as shit and damn it. it, Based on this story, it sounds like a war zone out there at at the crack of dawn, which is, which is absurd. It is. The fact that that anybody at that hour of the day is going to be in that kind of a mood at a place that you realize it's always the regulars too on some level again not not to keep belaboring the point but to draw a parallel that I, only i can to, to the karaoke scheme uh regulars can be great because like you said you find those and they're there you actually kind of look forward to the interaction but then, yeah there's also a great percentage of regulars that they're the worst because they always have to have it a very fucking specific way. yes and it's always yes. like, like this and just like this. And, and there's always a little bit more and a little bit more that they try to get and a little bit more. And then they, they own yeah. oh. justification for that attitude is, well, I come here all the time. Well, bitch, you don't have to come to this Starbucks all the time because there's literally one on every corner or everywhere. And, and, and there's a Starbucks inside Starbucks. It, Starbucks are pregnant with other Starbucks and in the wake of COVID where all these other businesses are dying, Starbucks is thriving. So just go to another one and 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 be that person over there or better Dude. don't be that person because that's the reality. And they need you to survive, right? Obviously, they make Starbucks a part of their everyday venture and they're going to treat the people that get them through the day that way. That's Dude, a, it's crazy. That's such a fucking I look down my nose at you you peasant mentality and it's like what I know and that they do what? Yeah, because because you went to fucking Yale, Matt, Matthew, is that why? Because you went to fucking Yale? Fuck Matthew, he's another fucking piece of shit. This guy came in once and he starts, he's really loud and obnoxious, I think he's from the East Coast, but he was like, he was like, yeah, he was talking to some girl in there, as he's ordering, as he's, I'm, I'm gonna profile these motherfuckers, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not tied down to any contracts like I was at the bank, I don't give a shit, like, the bank, like, when I, yeah, I don't sign any contract saying I can't say people's names working making their coffee. Anyway, this guy Matthew comes in and he's like ordering from me at the register and I'm trying to I'm trying to talk to this guy, right? And he's just like, Oh yeah, he's just talking really loud in there and talking to some other girls like, Yeah, I went to Yale and yeah, you went to Yale and Yale's great and you and this guy's driving a BMW like in a suit, like comes in all the time. Motherfucker scans his little little app thing. And he doesn't pay. He just wants to get his little stars. And he's so involved in his own fucking head and his own mind. The guy walks away without paying for his drink. And I'm like, excuse me, Matt, 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 Matt. And I'm like yelling at him. He's just, oh, blah, blah, and he just leaves. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you're so, you're so wrapped up in your own little fucking world. You don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, so fuck that guy. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath right now. <laughs> Let it all out. It's okay. It's okay. Look, I get it. This is a place where you're always going to be invited to speak your mind, to speak your truth. We don't want to censor it. We don't want to hold back. We don't necessarily want to put specific people on blast. Maybe sometimes we do, but but I appreciate it and I love your passion right now. I love the energy. I can, it, it, you're not here with me, unfortunately, Shano. 
Uh, I'm looking at you through a screen, but I can feel the passion through the Wi-Fi connection, which may or may not cut out. And if it does, I at least want to let you know that you are listening to the Pie Guys right now. And so welcome to another episode. Uh, I would also like to match your fire, your passion for passion right now. So allow me a bit of a, a, a prelude to this episode to get fucking erect over something that I'm very glad is back now and is in my life. And technically it's been back for a while, but baseball season is upon us. Baseball is back. And, and uh, you know, the year that shall not be mentioned. We, uh, yeah. Took a lot of things away from us and it, it almost threatened the livelihood of baseball. It was the one sport that maybe wasn't even going to get to do anything. And then it did get something. And guess what? The fucking Dodgers, the Dodgers are the world champions. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed champions of baseball and anybody out there that wants to try to minimize it because we only quote unquote had 60 games and only da 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 onlys the fact that we had fucking baseball at all should be celebrated and you're being a hater san diego padres and san francisco giants fans you're being a hater if you can't recognize the greatness that is the dodgers and has been their run for a while but i digress i mean baseball, baseball is back and i'm very excited for it and your, your passion earlier going on about the, the Starbucks escapades that got me fired up. But I also want to shout out something else, too, in, in the vein of this time of the year. It's it, uh, when I feel like I'm coming alive again is one of my all time favorite movies. And I just watched it earlier today and it's not going to be a surprise. Maybe I have mentioned it. I think I have on this podcast before, but I watched Major League again. The dark. Oh, I was going to say uh, Dark Knight Rises. No. <laughs> no, stay with me, Shane. We're talking about baseball. God damn it. Um, no, Major League, <clears throat> the movie, the one and only 1990 with Tom Hanks, 1988 classic. No, you Nimrod. That's a league of their own. Uh, Major League from 1988 with Charlie Sheen, with Corbin Burnson and Tom Berenger et al. is one of my all time favorite movies. Uh, it never misses, and I and I have to watch it every year. That's for my own personal. Um, time. I try to always make time during spring training at the, at the, at the genesis of the new season. I try to throw that movie on because it, it pleases me and it teases me. No, it pleases me. So to my soul, major league truly. Um, and during, especially again, during a time when I was sacrificing, making a personal sacrifice for Lent, I really had to lean on things that I knew would come through for me uh, in a fulfilling way beyond maybe what anything else might. So major league is one of those things. Thank you for letting me go on about Damn. baseball's back, baby. I haven't seen that one in a long time, actually. That's why I got confused. I was like, wait a minute. What? I haven't seen no, that. It's it. it I don't know. If yeah. I'm showing. I, yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember with the little Mohawk baseball. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I re <laughs> yeah. I, I got to rewatch that movie because I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, Dude, you should. And you, and you would like it, I think. And you, and I know there's a second one. I know they made a couple of others, but for me, it's always been this first OG original one. I just love it. I just love it from, from even all the jokes that I know are coming, uh, all the performances. It's so well cast. It's so well quotable. Um, and and one of the best features of that movie, if I can keep expounding on it, is is that 
it, it's a it's faithful to the game. You can tell that, mm-hmm. that they uh, they being the creators and the, the creative mind behind this movie, they they actually care about baseball because there are little details throughout that if you pay attention to to just like some of the peripheral baseball players that actually don't have any lines, th- there is a faithful representation to the game and a legitimacy with it within it with guys like Steve Yeager actually being in it. And shout out to the guy who probably steals the entire movie, the announcer, Bob Euchre, as Harry Doyle. Uh, these guys are re- real legitimate baseball people. And so it mm. seeps through in that movie. Charlie Sheen used to actually be a pitcher and play baseball growing up and in college, I think. So So there's a legitimacy to the baseball aspect of it that if you're another nerd out there like me and loves baseball, then I think the movie can satiate you. But just as a fun comedy of that era, it's it's just so good, man. It's is that is that is that one of your top threes? Obviously, it's your number one. Would would <laughs> it, you say it's your number one? It's it's up there, honestly. It's in the conversation and because I, I'm for still, for I'm baseball still, movies. Oh, for baseball movies, I think for ba- for as far as baseball movies go. Man, if I really had to whittle it down, because there's some other great ones. Yeah, I I would say yeah. It's it's my favorite baseball movie for sure. Um, okay. Th- there's other great ones. Out what there. what are your top three? What are your top three baseball movies? Oh, geez. Oh, geez. I don't know about a top three. You know how I feel about I, I love lists. I love lists. And we love them here at the Pie Guys. But I always I have to throw the caveat out there like, oh, I don't want to be married to this stance right now. But um, I know you mentioned one earlier. You talked about the Tom Hanks one. So let's maybe transition to that one a little bit. A League of Their Own is up there, I think. It's in the category. It's in the conversation, uh, partly because of the, u- the uniqueness of it. It's, it is a baseball movie, but it's about this all-female team. And, and right. stealing, stealing movies, Tom Hanks' performance in that movie uh, steals the whole damn thing. Uh, and Madonna was hot as shit back then. Damn. Um, so that Sorry. That was a That's right. One. I forgot she was in that. Yeah. You forget. Yeah, but never forget. I didn't. Um, lint but uh and then also uh, you know you, you think of other things like bull durham's really funny or or field of dreams is like, is like this classic baseball tale um but i think for personal bias sentimentality uh for the love of the game has to be in that conversation it's a, another kevin costner baseball movie <clears throat> did a bunch of those but for yeah the, for the vin scully factor just for that so watch if you're a dodger fan if you're a baseball aficionado uh or you respect vin scully uh check that movie out because he does the commentary and it. it's awesome oh does he really yeah yeah so it that's it, cool you know and, and he's obviously a legendary real life uh uh, broadcaster, right? So, uh, yeah. yeah, those those movies have their own great stories and and qualities to them and performances, but then they also genuinely have a love for the game. Not to be corny about right. it, but uh, it it shines through, and it really is America's pastime. You know, people forget that that that's the longest lasting sport in this country's history. Some could right. argue it what it helped repair the country in the wake of the Civil War. It essentially was born out of the the civil war era once that ended the only thing that could unite the divided united states was baseball and you know even though i'm speaking a little bit jovial about it perhaps baseball is the thing once again that could get this country uh here we are in the you know all these years later from this post-civil war it does feel like a very divisive time to be living in still if not the most ever so perhaps baseball can uh, mend all wounds you know it's the great game yeah man that's dope. I'll I'll have to. I honestly I don't think I've I don't think I've seen for the love of the game. 
it's it, it's not like a you know a huge well-known one but it's it's definitely worth checking out so maybe if you guys are into that into those types of movies resort to that list um i've yeah yeah i've always loved field of dreams personally that's yeah. always been one of my i mean yeah it's 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 a good one and then obviously me being biased growing up as an angels fan because my dad angels in the outfield there you was go. always super fun that was a fun one as a kid and then same with the sandlot dude the sandlot oh, was a that's really a great one yeah <laughs> all-time one yeah yeah i would say those are probably my top three right there i love that i love that list i love you for sharing that and um shout out to all those movies yeah how about it you know put put if you really stick with the pie guys put together your own list based on these suggestions and that's just it i, I kind of forget about some of those movies hopefully we're gonna go to a baseball game this year oh, thank you so much too because yeah i want I, I would love to go I, I let's throw that out there let's put yeah as a goal for 2021 to, to take me out to the fucking ball game please that, that people will bag on baseball for the boring factor of it and there's definitely this sort of uh um you know, it's definitely a different style of sport, but but you go to a live baseball game, and I know almost any live thing is better than the, the TV broadcast, but I would argue that a live baseball game trumps any live sporting event experience. You know, and that's not to say if you got courtside seats at the Staples Center, that wouldn't be dope, or, or seats on the 50-yard line. Look, I... <clears throat> I fully concede as a, as a big sports nut and a guy that has gone to live games of various degrees and sizes and shapes and professions. It's just great to go. And I realize you could have an all time experience at, at any given one, but I don't know for me that, that, at, that atmosphere at a baseball game can't really be beat because it's mostly like you're just chilling and then suddenly exactly party. And then you everybody parties, and then they go back to chilling, and then there's a real big party again, and then you go back to chilling. It's just a good time. I agree. I, I've I've been to base or basketball games and football games and stuff in baseball games, and I, I would agree that baseball is probably one of my personal favorites as well. I I've I've always wanted to go to a hockey game though. I've never been to a hockey game. Me too. Me neither. Yeah, I've All never right. been. To, I honestly don't even really know the. Uh, rules to hockey other than like i don't know power shit about play it. or no, i just i could barely you know, watch the damn thing skate around and beat the shit out of each other yeah it's like it's been 15 minutes with sticks fight. Let's have a fight bro okay, you know I, i'm glad that you're a soccer game okay 2021 <laughs> this is a good spot this is a good spot i think we can transition to some other talk for now but this is a good spot to acknowledge that Life is springing eternal again, right? We are entering a new transition right. season. And that's something I always love about baseball is it hits around this time of the year. It starts to happen around the time of the year when when life is coming back, right? Like things are growing leaves again and everything's green again. And this, it's it's brighter and sunnier, et cetera, et cetera. Hopefully where you live. Um, yeah, so it's, th that's the right, what, what did you say? I just had a brain fart, but what did you say? That made me. Oh. <laughs> that made me. I, I was saying. I, I was saying like, I, I would love to go to like a hockey game or yes. and uh, a soccer game, like a, like a professional soccer. Because especially Thank like in like, I mean, not so much here, but like in other countries, how I, crazy they get at soccer games, oh, well, bro. football games, bro. Say, yes, where I, they are insane, dude. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, they're like chanting songs. I'm like, how how does everybody know the songs? That, well, that's those. That's the passion. That's the fan base. That's the experience. That's the validation of going to those things live. Yes, thank you for for getting me back on track. 
I let's do that. 2021. Let's throw some more goals out there. We've kind of done that this year and we've tried to throw things out. I'd be down, man. So let's go to a baseball game. Let's go to a hockey game. And if, why not? Let's get, let's go for the hat trick. Let's try to throw in a soccer game. It would be ideal to, yeah, to go wherever we want to go and do those things wherever we can. But given our life, given the way it's been, as we've been documenting this whole last year, I say, let's, uh, let's continue this journey as newborn podcast babies uh, to, to, you know, make goals and reach them. And I fuck it, dude. Yeah. That would be so much fun. That would be so much fun to, uh, just to do all those things. The, the atmosphere at a, at a live sporting event is great when you, and it's even better, right? When your team wins, of course, but I, I can attest as, and you would well know. And those who know me would well know that I get really into the things that I love, especially sports like that. And I've seen my teams in person have heartbreaking moments. And so it, 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 all of those experiences tr- teaches you to enjoy just the atmosphere, just going out to it. Right. So that's kind of the place right. I'm now, and I'm sure everybody else is in because we've been on a cleanse of live sporting events for over a year. It's like, fuck, if we could just go again, I don't give a shit what the outcome is. I just going to be dope right. to be there under the sun, eating the fuck, yeah. drinking a beer and then maybe catching a ball. You know what I mean? Right. Have you, I've, I've never caught a ball. I've come close. I have come I've never fairly close to you. And actually, you know what? You and myself and our friend, our great friends of the clique, Joseph and Danny, were all at a baseball game at Dodger Stadium, and a foul ball came really close to us up then. I remember that. And it came pretty close to where I was at. And, of course, maybe yeah. a little bit taller. Maybe if I, maybe if I was a baller, I could have caught that ball, then I'd call her. But um, yeah. You never know. I, that's the, that's the beauty of it. Depending on your seats, it could be the day. Um, oh, you best believe. I wish somebody could take me out to the ball game. Please. The next best thing, I think, right now, is this. Welcome to some undeniable truths brought to you by the Pie Guys. I'm going to drop some undeniable truths on you right now. One, I love baseball. Two, the Los Angeles Dodgers are the champs. Bitch. Three. You already got to the middle of the Tootsie Pop. But for real, one of the undeniable truths is probably something you're hearing throughout this. And I don't just mean my voice. No, no, no. I have a PlayStation 4, which is not noteworthy, other than to say it's the thing you're hearing. It's loud, it's proud, and it's probably going to die soon, actually. Um needs to be put out of its misery. It's probably been trying to communicate with me. Another undeniable truth is that I actually pitch for the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know, I don't just love them. I don't just bleed blue. I am blue. Okay. There's a game called MLB The Show. This particular version is called MLB The Show 20. It's the newest version, though by the time anybody probably hears this, the 21st version will be out and dominating the scene. But in the meantime, while I'm still playing on my old, loud, proud, about-to-die PS4, I am playing MLB The Show 20. They have an option where you can create your own player. I have created my own player. It's called Road to the Show. You basically pick what position you want to be. You can mod yourself out to look as much like yourself as possible or as nothing like yourself as possible. All the customization your heart's desire is at your fingertips here. I made my guy. Yes, he's short, but guess what? 
You can't actually be as short as I am in the game. So he's an inch taller than me. I am an inch longer than him. So suck it. Anywho, I pitch for the Dodgers. I was drafted by the Dodgers. Then they traded me away to the Pittsburgh Pirates. I had worked my way up, actually, in the minors, up into the show. Debuted as a rookie in Dodger Stadium. Got traded the next year to the Pirates. I went from the Pirates of Pittsburgh and the Penzance of the Mets. No, I mean to the dance with the Mets. Where did I go after the Mets? Oh, I can't remember. That's right. All over the fucking place. From the Mets to the Royals. From the Royals to the Yankees. From the Yankees. Where did I go? Did... Where did I go? The point is, I've my career has been wild. Wild. And we're going to get into my career over the course of these installments, whenever they happen to be. But not just Road to the Show content. It's also going to be online play. And, and that's probably a whole other titled show because uh, it's it's very difficult for me because I suck at hitting in this game. So it's, it's that, that is just going to be me getting frustrated a lot. And then occasionally think, Oh my God, I hit one out. So it'll be a lot of fun maybe for you to listen to me. Just get upset and uh, get really close to the titties. Here we go. Here's a little taste. Here's a little taste of your boy, Trevor Wright, number 14. Now batting. No, now pitching. <laughs> I, I Believe me, I want to tell you all about my guy because it's been a wild ride, long career. And uh, I have things you, there are things you'll hear that you'll be like, what the fuck? I'm not like a rookie anymore. Okay, you got to understand. I've been logging years. So in our current time, it's 2021. That was my rookie year. This is the year 2029. Okay. Yes, I've been in Major League Baseball for eight years as a pitcher. Oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Be honest. Was that jarring earlier? The way it just transitioned over into this? Look, obviously, this is a shameless attempt to just continue the baseball talk. I would love to talk baseball talk all the time. But if this titillates you, then I suggest you stick around because there will be more. In the meantime, let's get back to the episode. But moving on also from from that sports talk, although I could obviously talk about it all day. I love it. We're we're talking about spring and 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 what that means and and springing eternal and life springing eternal and and I, I do identify with this season as as feeling more alive as a person because, you know, confession time, I guess. Uh, January, traditionally for me, January through through March, really, is always kind of a, 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 a down point. It's always kind of a bummer. It's, it, it tends to be a time in my life when work dries up, um, when I'm not doing, when I'm not as active. Um, and I guess just seasonally, I don't know, maybe it's like a weird seasonal depression thing or whatever. And of course I, it's not that I haven't been without it in the wake of things like COVID, et cetera. Um, so I guess I just wanted to share that I finally took it upon myself to spend some money on myself. You know what I mean? That's something I realized I, I, I almost not done in this whole year of living quarantined and locked up is, is I've really looked at money as a, utility right but as a means to just keep staying alive like well i can only spend money on gas i can only spend money on food i can only spend money on essentials right so fuck it man i I tried to do a little retail therapy recently um and i think it's worth shouting out uh because it does tie into things we've touched on before in this podcast so what did you get 
I'm investing in some stuff that I hope will in return invest in me. Uh, like I finally sprung for a ring light, for instance. Oh, nice. So I'm going to finally have my own ring light for whatever the fucking shit I try to do at, in my own bat cave over here. I mean, you know, it's from auditions to whatever the hell. And right. you know, we, we've had plans and we've talked about doing videos and, and other content that we want to eventually put up in connection with the pie guys. So I look at getting things like a ring light and a webcam, which I purchased not that long ago and some other equipment. Hopefully this is a sign of things to come in the future with which with means with which to, you know, produce my own content more and, and more of things like this too. Hell yeah, dude. I think those are great buys. I mean, that that's the thing. It's you're still investing in yourself. You know what I mean? So it's like things that you, that eventually, it's not like you're not going to use that stuff. Right. That's what I mean. It's, it's actually going to be something I, I use quite a bit and, and to go along with it. Um, it doesn't stop there. I purchased a, Get this, a mini rice cooker, a mini <laughs> rice cooker for my mini life, and an air fryer. I finally decided to just jump in blind into that stuff. Oh, there you so, go. So you're going, wait, what the fuck? Did Trevor just say he bought things and it wasn't Batman or like a PlayStation game? That's right. I'm actually buying, I guess, adult purchases with the full full intent to use them, to use them to their full extent. <laughs> I, I want to try to be able to make more edible things over here than than i'm ever have in my life and I've, we've talked about it before on this podcast i can't fucking cook to save my life you, that's the thing hey man maybe i'm gonna have to you know and we've talked about yeah. the, the, the the wizardry that you often produce and how chase likes to make his own pizzas and he swears by that over ordering out so i figure dude air fryer it makes it simple first of all everybody's like those things are the shit it's they work great you can throw just about anything in them well Excuse me. That was a <laughs> we can work around that. Um, it, 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 you know what I mean? Like everybody raves about air fryer. So I said, fuck it. I'm just going to get one. Uh, I've invested. What in have you made? Have you made anything? Did you get it yet? No, no. That's what I'm saying. It hasn't come yet. I, I literally, ah. I literally as, a, as a result of this retail therapy, that's what I spent my money on. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to buy some shit for myself. And hopefully this stuff is going to end up being you know, well worth the investment, which I think it is. You so, should, uh, you, you, you should, you should invest in a magic bullet too. Oh, there's more. I have to get more. Get a magic bullet. You like smoothies and stuff, right? Cause here's the thing. Magic bullets. You, you can make salsa. You just get, you make your own salsa. You just put it in there and you, it, it just fucking does it, dude. It's, it's magic. <laughs> it's a magic <laughs> bullet. Well, you uh, can make your own guacamole. You know what I mean? I used to, I used to have a, uh, um, a, uh, what a George Foreman. I used to have that. So I'm thinking about something similar, but that's, that's the thing. An air fryer kind of trumps that. Everybody's like, dude, get an air fryer. People have recommended it. So, so my, yeah. my journey now moving forward is to hopefully before this year is out, you want to talk about other things we're throwing out. I can come back to you guys and don't quote me on a fucking time limit or, 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 or you know, don't quote me on a day. <laughs> How quickly I have to do my mile, I can't guarantee this. But five minute mile. I wanna, I wanna be able to deliver before this year is out some recipes, some shit that I've made, and I, not that I'm making anything from scratch. It's probably all gonna be stuff I Google or YouTube or whatever the fuck. Sure. But I, I want to look some stuff up. I want to experiment with it, and and as the year progresses, expect me to maybe throw in some updates from time to time as I as I try to become a little bit more domesticated. That's I guess the 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 long and short way to say all that is uh 
release the right Wolverine, first of all, release the right <laughs> Wolverine 2021 and beyond. But the Wolverine needs to be domesticated. I want to domesticate myself a little bit more. I want to be able to make a few things in the kitchen, you know? Dude, I mean, that's how you do it. You just Google things and get recipes, follow the directions. I mean, that's what I do. And then eventually, once you once you figure out like, oh, that's what this does, and that's that's why this tastes like that, then you create your own concoctions and your own recipes. But dude, honestly, as soon as you get it, like, I give you a month to nail all that down with the air fryer. Oh, like to to get it just right? You mean? to like be comfortable with it oh, maybe not even yeah. that long it really depends on how much you use it to be honest but like yeah i'd say like a month before you're like yeah dude like you know you'll have like full-on recipes that you're making and stuff I, that are I good so. I, I i hope so and and just on the you know aspect of eating differently and or better because i mean that has been an ongoing theme really it feels like for all of 2021 with the pie guys is you know we kind of proclaimed early on we wanted to be healthier um, and even if some of it was in jest, I think, I think we've all taken steps up to this point to be healthier and have healthier habits. Uh, so yeah, man, all of, all of the above, that's kind of the goal with that. Um, you know, it's, and again, that's just it. That's that I'm hoping is going to, what it's going to lead to. And, um, well, I think they're good investments. I, thank you. Thank you. And I'm I'm just very excited for the arrival of it into my life and where that's going to go. And on that end, too, in regards to the podcast, we've talked about it maybe on, on recordings, I'm sure. <clears throat> but I do want to shout out that we are going to be receiving a very generous donation. Um, maybe at another time when we can officially roll out the equipment, etc. Um, we can go into more detail. But uh, I, I will just tease for down the line that the Pi Guys should be getting an upgrade in the not too distant future. How about that? Uh, as far Fuck as yeah. as far as our audio is concerned, as far as hopefully our presentation as a podcast is concerned. Um, but I, I want to tease the listener and the duo into investing in us long term because we've talked about how we're brand new. We've talked about before just recently how we're newborns and. And so I, I do want to take a bit of a moment to, uh, you know, to say we, we, we want you to support us. We hope you su- support us. So, so f- f- you know, by all means, find us on social media at on Instagram at the Pie Guys Pod and follow us there and engage with us there because we're ready to engage with you. And, and we also want to grow our, our reach. You know, we are a, a fledgling podcast out here in the, in the sea of podcasts. So a- as we invest in ourselves as people, I think the ripple effect is that Hopefully the, the the product that we are putting out there as a podcast also uh, evolves as well. So be excited, be what you want to be, but I'm very excited for, for where that's going to go. Um, and uh, something I know you and I, Shane, talked about wanting to bring up, and I think it's part of that evolution of the Pie Guys, is this little side venture, this other app you brought to my attention uh, called Stereo. Do you want to talk about stereo uh yes stereo excuse me let me readjust yes stereo is so actually i i only heard about it because uh rachel told me about it um but it's it's an app where you can 
how do I explain it? Okay, so like you know how like when you go on Instagram, you have like your news feed and everything. Basically, it's kind of like that, and anybody on it, you can kind of tune in and chime into their live discussion. Discussion. So there, there there's going to be two people, for instance, say me and Trevor are on stereo talking. We're doing a, a podcast essentially, and you can go in. Anybody can come in. Anybody can pop in and just start listening to it and it'll tell you how many listeners are listening to you and whatnot um but then you can actually chime in and and drop a comment or leave a voice recording and ask a question or say something and then the the people that are doing the podcast or the chatting can listen to it and then everybody can hear it um the audio question that somebody dropped or whatever but what's really cool about it too is that it saves it so it automatically saves your your shows so and everybody has their profile so like i have a profile trevor has a profile um and you go on there and it has all your links and everything it's it's another social media type thing but it's a podcast social media based platform and shane brought that to my attention said hey man we should fuck around with this thing uh see what it's about and uh, it might be a fun way to engage with a potential audience and tie it into the pie guys. And I think it's a great idea. So shout out to Shano, shout out to Rachel, shout out to stereo, shout out to anybody that might also want to sponsor the podcast. Cause again, we are out here looking for support and, uh, and that we need, you know, as a young podcast. And I think this is a fun way. I think it's going to be a fun way to engage um, with potential other people. Cause you and I did fuck around with it the other day. And it, it was fun. And yeah, it's, it, I, I don't know much about Clubhouse, though I know it's kind of the new trendy uh, social media site out there. But my impression is that it's somewhat similar, at least in the format and in the concept yeah. of it being a audio-based uh, social media site. So you're not bonding and connecting with other people the way you are used to over these fucking years of social media running our lives by looking at photos and engaging with people's food pictures. You're just listening to people. And so stereo yeah. is just that it's, it's, it's kind of a radio app. Yeah. It's just another way to broadcast our signal. We want to kind of bring it into the fold at times. I know we've done live TikTok videos from time to time when, whenever we could do that, we've done, uh, we went live on Instagram a couple of times. So we want to dabble and broaden our horizons more and you, and you and I and Chase and I have all talked about things that we want to incorporate into the, into this podcast beyond just an audio um, form. So we want to do little videos. We want, again, the whole cooking thing, we want to make cooking videos and, and, and pizza cutters, you know, shout out to pizza cutter videos. Oh dude. Yeah. Speaking of the wonder twins hanging out tonight. Uh, yeah. Shout out to that. And so we, we, we have ideas for other things and, it's it's exciting. It's it's and it's nice and to really tie it in, I guess, to an original point. It's nice that all of this is sort of percolating and coming to the forefront and rising, the cream rising to the top. You know what I mean? During this time of the year, during spring, during the time when when baseball is kicking off and life feels like it's being restored again. And I don't know if you heard anything about this. I'm sure you probably did. I'm gonna have to consult my phone. Speaking of that, and and social media, I'm gonna have to consult my phone to look up the details. But I've just kind of heard word that around this time, April, some target date in April, apparently in the state of California, theme parks are gonna be allowed to open up and resume business. Did you hear anything about that? Uh, I I have heard numerous different things about that stuff. I I, I know that Knott's Berry Farm is hiring. 
I saw that they posted something about that, but it's it's very it's I think it's more food stuff. I I saw that Universal is also doing a taste of Universal type thing, similar to like what Knotts has been doing, where you you pay to go in and try all this food. Like no rides are open or anything, um, but you basically pay less and just walk around and taste food, um, kind of like an open restaurant. Again, going back to the you can eat outside, you just can't eat inside. So, and, and, but I don't know, we'll see what happens. It's, it's all very tentative. I, I keep hearing so many different things. Um, Literally just looking this up right now. And granted, by the time this episode comes out, by the time this even hits your ears, this could be somewhat considered old news or fake news or evolved news. I don't fucking know what's going to happen. All that we know in our media lives is that supposedly if you look up theme parks, just Google theme parks. The top story is California theme parks stadiums can reopen April 1st. So by the time this episode comes out, that could have been a few days ago. But the initial reaction to that too is to immediately scratch my head because I'm losing my hair and it itches. No, I'm kidding. But to scratch my head and go <laughs> April 1st, that's the day they want to pick April. That's 1st a joke. Return date. That's what I mean. It's, it's a joke, right? Thursday. Why would they pick that day? Why would that be your target? If April's your target, why not fucking make it 420? We already know that's the most important day in April. Shout out, though, to my mom's birthday in April as well. You know, no offense to April birthdays. But if you're going to do a target date, why say April 1st? Just say they're looking for to open in April, by mid-April. You say April 1st, and given the way things have gone this whole fucking time, I don't want to believe you. That's a big joke. I the don't. Joke is on us. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe it because it, it, the same shit's gonna happen. They're gonna op- try to open everything up, and then it's gonna be open too early. Wait it out a little bit longer. Wait till more wait, people get the oh, vaccine. Okay, hold on. First of all, wait out what any longer? They, they, there shouldn't be any. We're not prepared for this. You've had but that's that's year to prepare. That's what I'm saying. Reopening of your. You're theme right. Park. You're right. They have, and yet they have done shit. They haven't done anything. These again, going back to what I said, these so-called leaders haven't done shit, dude. I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat or right or left. You know what I mean? Like Newsom has done a fucking whirlwind of shit to this this state, and it's just like I I'm not saying that that COVID isn't real or that we should be aware of it or wary of it and and be cautious with it. We 100% should be. Don't be fucking walking around with no masks on or anything. But the problem is when these people are saying, don't do this and don't do that, and they turn around and the hypocrisy happens again and they go and do what they told us not to fucking do. You know what I mean? With that whole, even the whole situation with Newsom. Don't, 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 you're not allowed to um, have Thanksgiving dinner with your friends and family, but then he turned around and has a, a fucking party. And he just put his order right. In, and he just put his order and he wants to know when his fucking drink's going to come out. Shut the fuck up. No, right. And I then all of a sudden now, you know what I mean? And then, then the whole thing with the, what's his face from Texas? How so he, we're, we're you in know. agreement. We're in agreement that that first of April does literally seem like a joke. Do they not understand the optics of that though, too? That's what I'm getting. Yeah. At. Don't, don't you understand that? That's April, what I'm saying. Yeah. April Fool's Day as the day that everything's going <clears> to <throat> open up again. 
you guys they, either don't get it or they do get it and they're just fucking with us some more, right? Because they, 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 right. what you're saying is all these people that are in the decision-making business aren't really affected the same way anybody else is during this pandemic, during the shutdown. Clearly not. So the decision yeah, clearly not. None of the decision-making comes with any degree of urgency. It's just like whenever they want. It's at a whim. And so suddenly, yeah, you're right, April 1st, we get to open. But I push back on the idea, you better be ready to be open. If, if, if that is the day, if they're really going to fucking open the floodgates, and if, if a few days ago they already have, then you've got to be ready as a business and as a place. And that doesn't mean you're going to be ready for how people are going to react and treat it. Obviously, that's the great you know, variable of all time is what would a person do? We don't right. know. We can't predict that shit. But well, I don't know. I, I, I first, that or first does seem a little soon in the wake of everything. I would agree that maybe the vaccine needs to get more widely distributed. But I wouldn't. Yeah. Hold- I wouldn't hold off because you're not ready. If you're not ready by now, then shame on you. I don't care who you are, whether you're not, whether you're my former employer or not. Like, how could you not be ready? You've had more than enough time to be putting things in place. There's no excuse. April 1st might be too soon. And it seems like a joke. I, I, but here's the thing. I, I, I do think that, that these theme parks and companies have, have been working on ways to make it more safe. The problem lies with again the 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 governor saying no. Well, okay, but how is it that all these other how is it that Florida and all those theme parks have been literally open this entire fucking time? You know what I mean? How how is it that all these other theme parks in other countries have been open this entire time, but California isn't? We are not allowed to, and then all of a sudden now we're allowed to. I mean, look, maybe just maybe, overnight. Maybe what? we sound like maybe we sound like hypocrites because just earlier we were saying, "Man, let's go to a live game." I can't wait. I can't wait to go back to Dodgers. Well, I, right, but I, I can't. can't I can't wait for, wait for it to. But but I also of course. we don't we don't need it. But that is no. That, that is the ultimate but, debate. Unfortunately, on some level, the ongoing back and forth that if you really buy, you know, that I feel like. I have bought into too that I think people did. I think society, I think a lot of people out here have bought into the conversation of should it or shouldn't it. And then it's, it's an ongoing, never ending back and forth. It's like that little fucking desk toy from every nineties desk at any business meeting, the balls that go beep, beep, back and forth. Once you oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the momentum of that, it never stops until you literally stop. The pendulum. It'll, it'll just go back and forth, back and forth. That's where it feels like the narrative and the conversation just goes back and forth between <laughs> Yes or no? Should we or shouldn't we? Rather than actually of doing course. It, right, like have a plan in place, pick a date, and let's fucking go and let's find out. Because yeah, the reality is at some point life does move on. That doesn't mean we're disrespecting and we're disparaging people that have died, but we are. You know what I mean? Like, how many other things in our life are we supposed to be deathly scared of? Right? Like, are, you know what I mean? It's like it seems like almost every week or month there's going to be a new boogeyman, a new thing to to be really terrified of. Right? In the wake of all this, but. So, but the thing is, live super scared, you know, and people, sorry, I'm just getting off on a tangent here, but people, people I feel you and people make the argument that like, ultimately people as a, as a group, as a species, as a society, as a culture need to be allowed to have the, the, the own, uh, need to be able to have freedom of choice right like if you think going to hang out over at a party is a bad choice and it's gonna spread covid and potentially kill people then you don't go 
but you know, to, to ultimately forever say that those things can't exist, that you can't make that decision. You're not allowed to make that own des- your own decision for yourself and put yourself at potential harm's way and risk. That's a different conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, is that it comes to the responsibility. Like you're not being responsible if you're throwing a big ass party. I see it all the time. So on social media, I see people just hanging out and, and, and just have throwing big, big par- house parties. I'm like, what do you, this is, this is the issue. You're doing this and it's not helping the situation and people don't, there's enough people that don't care about it to, to wear the mask. Even working at Starbucks, again, people just walk in with no mask on. Sir, you need a mask. You have a mask. It's like they don't give a fuck. They just walk in, grab their drink, or they get all upset. I had a there was a lady that came in, not to go back to this rant again, but there was a lady that came in one day. She was like, We're still doing that? What what world are we living in? We're still doing masks? I'm like, what fucking world are you living in, bitch? Have you been under a rock this entire year? What do you mean, what are we still doing that? That's I'm like, are you of- being serious? Are you being fucking sarcastic? Because I can't fucking tell. And she she pulls a mask out of her pocket and puts it on after everybody told her to put it on. Because she needs one to come in. Listen, I hate it just as much as the next person, but I'm going to fucking wear it because I want I want to be able to continue and have go back to normality in some fashion. Even if I disagree and I think it's stupid that we have to wear a mask, I'm still going to do it and I'm not going to be irresponsible and fuck it up for other people. I get it. I get yeah. it. I, I get it. And I, I don't disagree with you. I'm not in the, we're, just, we're not having an argument here. But other than... Of course not. Other than just to say that I think that is at the crux of all of it, of the conversation and of going out into the world is that whether we all agree or not that you should wear a mask, people still should be allowed to decide whether or not they do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get so, that. It's like, I get, yeah. It's like, are you going to make people wear a mask? Because then that becomes an entirely different thing. If you're making people do something, it, it does fly in the face of the ideal but, of freedom. Right. Of, you know what I mean? Like you, I, I get that, but agrees. I can't just you shouldn't, again you shouldn't go jump off a cliff. That's not a good way to live. But I'm still allowed to go jump off a cliff, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. But the difference is, is that you're not harming anybody else by doing that, other than yourself. When it comes to this situation, you are potentially harming other people, not just it. yourself. I get and it. people don't I mean. understand that they they think, well, you have a mask and I don't have to wear one. It's like, no, it. Right. You don't know if you fucking have it, dude. Like. That's the problem. And people are, are so selfish and don't care about that. You know what I mean? And it's it's and they fuck it up. They fuck it up for everybody. Like even going to the gym. Like, yeah, I go to the gym. But like the gym I go to is outside. You have to wear a mask the entire time. And there was one night I was there working out. There was probably about like there was probably 20 people there. It, there wasn't a lot. There, Everybody was very spaced out and um, – this is was my issue. Not everybody was wearing a mask though. And I was like, what the fuck? Because I was running on the treadmill and my mask had fallen a little bit, like just not it wasn't even under my nose. It was still on my nose, but it, it was starting to it was starting to fall. And I'll always adjust it when once it falls. And this one of the workers comes up to me and like he's like, Hey, hey, and he starts like giving me a hard time with my mask not being on. I'm like, What the fuck are you trying to interrupt my workout for? My mask is on my fucking face. It's covering my nose. What are you telling me to pull up my mask for? Like it's on. And I got frustrated. And I got frustrated because as soon as he left, I turn around and there's literally four dudes with not even a mask on their head. Yeah. And I'm like, Where's the fucking line here? Where's where's the middle ground? You're gonna tell me 
I have a mask on, and it's on properly, but you're not going to say anything to these four dudes over here that don't have a mask on at all? Well, Why? See, the, I guess that's the thing, because he knows at least you have to wear, you, you've chosen to wear one. These other guys didn't <clears> make the decision, so he's not even going to approach them. Look, look, look. I Maybe. Think, I, think it's, I don't know. I think, it's, I think it's silly, too. I think that that kind of, I, I feel you, and I just want to hard e-break this because it's starting to harsh my mellow, and if anybody should be spaced out, <laughs> If anybody should be spaced out, they should be spaced out on what I've been puffing on. And I, I know you've seen this. I dude, still look at that. Left. Oh, you, this, you packed it up in there. Dude. This right here is the Clementine special. And even though you can't see it, the listener, you need to understand I'm holding up what says the world's greatest grinder on the top, half full of the Clementine special. So to cleanse our palate of that last conversation and to move on, um, I want to shout out Uncle Clem. That's somebody that we've talked about numerous times in this podcast. The legend of him grows again for goals and and and, and speaking of growth and all those other beautiful things this year. Um, we want to bring Uncle Clem into the fold officially onto the podcast. So that's a hope and a prayer and a mission and a goal and a, and a life's journey at some point. But if if not for the Almighty Uncle Clem, I wouldn't have any of this Clementine or the grinder. And it's making me feel real good. It's it's come through handy again, right at this time of year when I've needed a boost, when I've needed a jolt. Uh, all praise Uncle Clem. Thank you, Uncle Clem. And I say, is that a gorilla's book behind you? What is that, Gorilla Tales? It is, and I'm well. Okay, I'm actually glad you mentioned it. I'm actually glad you what mentioned the fuck it is because that? I was going to say I, I say we should round out this conversation with something, and it actually all ties in together. So thank you, thank you for mentioning that. Yes, what you what the <laughs> listener can't see, and what I, what only Shane can really it's just got like my a big ass gorilla is head book, is a book in my bookcase, and you can see the the title, which is good, called Gorilla Tales, and it is a giant gorilla <laughs> head. And th that I will just say the connection there is that uh, for the duo. Your father uh, has been part of a project that has been going on for about three years now. I would just tease it this much to say um, through some connections that I have with Primal Rage. Shout out to Primal Rage. Oh, yeah, dude. Now streaming on Amazon Prime video for free. Um, I think it's for free. I think, yeah, on Prime. Um, through that connection, I am working. Primal Rage on Prime. Exactly. It writes itself. <laughs> It writes itself. Um, through that same connection, I am working on a project uh, somewhat currently that has to do with Gorilla Tales. I'll just say that much. Um, mm. I've posted some stuff on my socials over the years of of, of a life cast that I took and and of uh, of this process that's being built, and it's currently ongoing. There's a lot of things still in motion even as we speak. So uh, I will tease that to say hopefully that's something that can find our way in into the podcast at some point because it's a, it's a real yeah, thing, but it's something I've been working on for a while with some good friends, some very talented, extremely talented friends of mine. Um, and so, yeah, that's why that book is there. It's, it's, it's part homework right now. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm go. currently reading the tales, the gorilla tales by Donald McLeod. Shout out to that. And, and the thing I think it ties into nicely that we can round this episode out with is, something that I know is a big part of our lives. It is acting, it is performing, it is, and and I think that aspect of our lives was birthed in the arena of theater. Um, the guy who wrote Gorilla Tales is is a longstanding, he's been an actor, a mime, a theater performer. He's He is, uh, um, 
kind of a jack of all trades performer. And I think you and I both identify with that on some level too, especially having to evolve and adapt over the years, living out here in the industry. I've been out here for over a decade. And um, while I've done some things, while I've worked on projects, a lot of the times I find myself in a position of going, Oh, I wouldn't, I never thought I'd be doing this. I never thought mm-hmm. I'd do that. I didn't necessarily move out here with this on my mind, you know, but Oh my God, I'm doing stunt work now. And Oh my God, I'm in a gorilla suit. That's been tailor made to my own specificity. Like these things are not anything in my own imagination. I would have ever thought I've done, but now I am doing them, have done them, will do them, however you want to put it. And it, none of that would be possible if it wasn't for, the impact that theater had in my life because theater as a entity uh, made me fall in love with the idea of acting, made me fall in love with performing. And it gave me a purpose. It felt like if honestly, it felt like it gave me a purpose. It, it, my, my further education as a person, in my opinion, came from theater school. It didn't come from the school that everybody takes quote unquote, like K through 12. I did it right. Graduate high school. I never graduated college. I went to a two-year acting conservatory, shout out to the actor training program in Northern California, where I I learned about, in a very general sense, acting. And it gave me a sense of purpose. It gave me a, uh, uh, more focus. And it gave me kind of goals for the first time in my life, which truly has led to this very moment now in a lot of respects. I mean, kind of from a lot of things we've been talking about over the course of just this recording, if not many others, um, I've met you through theme park work, and that's an extension of the performers and the entertainers that we've been. So if not for theme park work, if not for you, this podcast wouldn't be happening. So yeah, on a very esoteric, deep level, one thing does lead to another. And if not for theater, I probably wouldn't be here, man. I love it. Funny that you say that because my, my travels, I guess, into this industry has been the exact same, like all throughout high school you know that's i've always done theater i and then and then i also didn't go to a normal college as society would deem like what i guess we would call it clown college right um but yeah two-year acting conservatory i went to as well so it's like i i completely understand where you're coming from in in the sense of it allowed you to have a purpose in life because i was the same way in, in school i was never good at it um I, I never felt like I, I fit in anywhere specifically other than theater. And I, I kind of started, I would say I started personally later on, I guess, as far as the acting stuff goes. But I had always been involved in theater in some aspect because I started off doing like tech work and, and lighting and sound and, and behind the scenes stuff in, in like seventh grade when I was like 13. That's That's when I started doing that stuff and then it wasn't until probably 15 or 16 that I actually started doing acting stuff so when I was like a sophomore in uh, high school but yeah it's one of those things where it's like and like I I can't imagine doing anything else and it's weird to think like when I look back or if I I, I've done so many fucking shows like do you remember all the shows that you've ever done you're not, we're talking just theater, right? Obviously still. Yeah. Just theater. I do. In a lot of ways, actually, if I think about it, yeah, I, I could rattle off a lot of, of theater I've done. And of course in my mind, and it is worth delineating. I was, I've been on a stage. I've been performing on stages since the fourth grade. And now you got to take that with a grain of salt. A lot of people grew up doing plays in middle school, elementary school, and high school. 
I don't consider that acting, but there is, <laughs> it's not acting because you it's not. That's just, yeah, because everybody gets cast. Yeah, but it's not. You don't even understand the <laughs> concepts behind it. You don't know the concepts. You know I mean, I you're just like memorizing lines and you're standing on a spot and saying it. Nobody's really acting, but but there is an experience to that. There is, uh, you know, validation on some level. So I, I say that just to say, from the fourth grade through even now in my life, much like yourself, I've been on so many stages and done so many shows. I, I obviously can't recall them all, but I can recall a lot of them. And that's and I think, yeah, I think part of that is. Obviously, it lives with you. I mean, you dedicate. That's just yeah. a, that's kind of the thing about theater, and I know you could relate and expound on it too. Is it happens in a very sh- kind of short window of time, but it's a very intense amount of time. So if you're working on any kind of, uh, e- even if you are a performer or a stagehand, like if you're only doing tech stuff and you're involved during Hell Week or whatever the fuck you want to call it, you're yeah. there a lot too. So f- whatever amount of time you're being asked of to work on a live theater production. It's not going to be a huge investment of your time for a long time, but it's going to be a very intense amount of time for a short window of time. And as a result of that, you can't help but kind of leave part of your soul, you know, back where where you worked on it. Right. And then and then it lives with you forever. So it's you literally live the experience. And then on the in the sake of a performer, yeah, you are you are it. Right. Yeah, it's definitely I see. It's weird, like how going even back to high school because i agree with you as far as like you know elementary school productions not really acting per se but like even like in high school i don't know how your school did it or anything but like i know for me like we they, they would do like i think it was like two musicals a year usually and then like like a play like a straight show so we do about like three shows total a year throughout the school year um but then i would also do stuff in the summertime at like community theaters. So I was in my high school years, dude, I was doing shows consistently. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't getting paid for them obviously. Cause I was in school. Well, that's not entirely true for the community theater shows. I actually did get paid, but I would literally do show in the summertime. And then as soon as, as soon as school started, I would do a show. And there was one point I was doing, I was doing three shows at one time. Damn. Like literally back to back to back. Damn. Like I got a weekend break and was right into the next one. Well, well, even on that aspect of it, that's something I've always loved about theater too, is, is sort of that limited engagement, limited time only aspect of it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's Life true. theater really only exists for a short time. Like if, you know, if you don't catch a movie in the theaters, you can just wait till you can stream it. If you don't catch a theater right. show, Live, it's done. Runs, it's done. And so there is, uh, because of that, again, that short uh, shelf life that it has, um, you're able to do that. You're able to like, yeah, I did a, I did a couple of shows in February. I somehow managed it. And then I bled, bled right, right. in March. You know, th- that would be the peak. That's when you know you're in it. And I, I can relate on some level too. And that's, that's where the love of it, I think, comes from is, is just wanting to be around it, you know. And right. And that's the thing, though, like, even, like high, it's high school, right? But, like, if you look at, like, p- people on Broadway, and shout out to them because they've been out of work this entire time, too. You know what I mean? That's that's the crazy thing. It's, like, all those people have been out of work, and, and not even just the performers, but, like, tech and, and lighting and set designers and painters and all of that. But you look at a Broadway show. Can you imagine 
doing a two and a half hour show, two hour, I'd say two to three hour show, what, six days a week, five days a week? And some days you're doing two I mean, that's the thing. If you're at the top. You know how hard that is to consistently do that for years? I mean, maybe let's say you're doing a musical, right? And you have to fucking belt out these tunes. Dude. Now you got to take care of your voice and your body and your sanity and all those other things. It's. I mean, and be good. That's the that's and the be good. It. Obviously, not and that's yeah. Do that, but that's the uh, that's the aspiration someday. Uh, that's the drive because it's doable. It's possible, and you would be so wrapped up in it. That's the goal, right? Because I I think that is part of the bittersweetness. There's always some, you know, not to be too cute about it, but there is a bittersweet tragedy to doing theater because again of the expenditure of it. It's like. And I'm sure we could tell stories, um, but it's <laughs> it's it's why there are things called showmances, and that's why it's why, a lot, it's why a lot of the times when people work on a show, and it doesn't matter whether any kind of actual romance happened or not, you you have a bond with those people, and I, I'm and and I know that it's probably pretty standard to have a good bond. Hopefully, you have you get along with your castmates and the and not just them, but the people working on it. And then as is always the case, people are like, hey, we got to do stuff. We got to stay in touch. And then, you know, classically, once it leaves, you don't stay in touch. But if it of wasn't course. for that, if it wasn't for that predictability, it wouldn't quite hit the same. That's the tragedy of it. That's the downside. Right. That's, the, you know, you, you go see a great Shakespearean tragedy. You're, you, you actually are honestly waiting to see everybody die. And so in a weird way, getting involved in a theater production, you're doing it out of that same part of your soul that needs that tragedy quotia quote fulfilled, right? Like I, I need this to be able to end and know that it's done and then to be able to move on. You know what I mean? You need it. Right. Yeah. You, you, you absolutely do. And, 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 but see, that's what makes it fun too, is leaving one and starting a new, I know. you know what I mean? Like, I know. because that's what's, that's, what's so fun. It's like, I'm done with this and I'm going to, I get to do something completely different now. With and what's fun sometimes is if you do something completely different with completely different people, but then you come back around and there's like maybe one or two people that you've done stuff with before, and you're like, oh shit, it just it just it, it it's like it it started up where or, it left off. Kind or of what about this? Because this is something that I think can obviously happen in theater more than any other kind of entertainment venue. Is what if you get to play the same role twice, or what if you get to do the same show but different roles? And I, I want to shout out something real quick, and maybe we can transition into talking about some memorable roles and shows we've been in since we're sharing theater stories. But I want to yeah. shout out a show that I did <laughs> of of Mice and Men, and I was oh, in a production dude. of of Mice and Men, and uh, you killed I that, it. I know you came and saw it. Thank you, thank you. You can give your review when I'm done here, but I I. Uh, I was I was curly in that show, and I've always always loved that story. It's a it's an infamous story. I've always loved the story, but I've always wanted to be George. I've always wanted to be the lead guy, and I've always mm. thought that's a role I could play. I could do that, of course. Um, uh, but anyway, long story short, I got involved with that with the uh, sh uh, the H. Uh, I almost said the HP Pavilion. Sorry, it's um I'm I'm too high right now, but I I'm gonna shout it out another time. I did of mice and men. My point is, I want to do that show again. I, I, I'm hoping it comes around into my life again later on when I'm a little bit older, maybe a little bit more right for the role of George, and hoping I can mm -hmm. play George again because that's part of the joy of theater. Is like you could, you could play the same role twice and have it be two completely different performances on some level based on the take yeah. of the show, on the setting, and everything else, or even the same show twice. I mean, I don't know how like what the likelihood is of that. 
but you can't really do that in a movie. I mean, yeah, you could do sequels, I guess. You could be part of a franchise, I guess that'd be good. Cool. Yeah. But yeah. But the character the grows so. Yeah, it does the character changes in in a sequel or franchise, You're right? You're not telling the Whereas, actual same story again. Right. That's right? A, that's the difference between film and, and theater acting though is with theater you have to be way more consistent. You have to tell the exact same story every mm. single time in a sense, but having it be brand new at the same time to you as the actor because it's like yeah, I can come in somebody can come in and watch you as cruelly on Saturday night and watch the whole show, but you got to turn around and do the exact same show again the next day. And if they come back in the next day, they will be like, Oh yeah, it's the same. Right. Consistency is hard. That's here, what's here. hard about it. Well, well said. And that, that is anybody could do 10 takes of a scene and change it up. Yeah. That, that is one of the universal undeniable truths of theater, right? Like is, and it's something that I think everybody learns, whether whether you literally learned it in a class or just from doing it, that, that it beckons for that to be true, that this is the first time you're hearing and saying these things. This is the first time it's happening as far right. as the story and the theater aspect of it is concerned. So there is this, but, and I know, and I know you would also attest this too. The interesting thing to that, let's say you have a four-week run. Well, you've been rehearsing the show. You've been working on the show. You're ready to do the show, opening night. Every single show I've ever done, I, there's a journey within the performance as well. So the, the show yes. that you're putting forth on opening night, the one that's really crisp and well-rehearsed and fresh, is, not, is technically not the same show you're doing at the end of the run. And I guess I'm speaking more from the actory side of it, but over the course of the performance, you also evolve through that too. You shouldn't just be doing the same performance every night in a robotic right. sense. You're doing the same quote unquote organic ex uh, performance every night that, exactly. that, that lives and breathes with the uniqueness of that night, which is right. the joy of theater. It's unique to that night. Yes, exactly. It, it's, it's, it's living in the moment. You know what I mean? You're living in that specific moment. And you're right. There, there's always the, – the first show always sucks. because you. It doesn't matter how many times you've been in a theater show. You still get nervous. I, don't, I, I, don't I still it, get nervous. I don't mean that it but, sucks. I'm not saying that it gets better necessarily as it, it changes because it gets – I don't mean that it gets better because it changes. It but, evolves just, I think, naturally. <laughs> Yeah. You know well, I mean? your choices, your you've you you've spent way more time with this character without stopping and going like you do in rehearsal. You know what I mean? You're not just sitting there reading the script. You you are you have become this character, and you've you've been this character for three four weeks now at this point. So it comes so so second nature at that point, and so natural that you're discovering new things about the person about the character, but while still delivering the same lines and the same blocking you know what i mean you may say something differently but the intent is still the same if you're angry you're angry if you're upset you're, upset, you're happy you're happy but you may say it a little bit slightly differently but that's i think that's again you're 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 discovering new things about the character well to that end and to and to run with that suggestion then Let's talk about characters and maybe round out this episode and this bit of theater talk with talking about some memorable characters that live on still to this day. Because the reality is for me, as much as I have done theater, and obviously we've been talking about it, 
I haven't done a theater production, an actual show in, in two years. Um, so it's been a while and there was a time in my life where, uh, it was happening every year. Multiple I times mean, a year. so, so well, all I'm saying is it, it, it's not super current now, but there, obviously there are still those roles that live on. <clears throat> so what are some, what are some characters you've played that, you've that have just left a mark on you i don't know maybe good positive negative it doesn't have to be one or the other just when you think of the roles you've played what immediately starts coming to the forefront it's interesting because i i've i think about all the ones that i've played and or even the shows and it usually comes down to like the shows that i do like there's definitely shows that i would love to do again you know what i mean but like you said like play maybe do something different but I would say I, the last show I did was actually out in New York, um, and it was Noises Off. Do you know that show? What a great show. Do I? I love that show. Noises Off it's a great is show. so funny. And I remember when you were doing it. It's I a remember, hard I show. I'm really excited for you, too, just because I know how fun that show is. Yeah. Noises Off. And I, yeah, Noises Off. We should find it. I played I, the, I agree, Shane. We should. we should find a place where it's doing it in both audition and be in it. I agree. Yeah, I I would love to do a show with you. That's we've never done a show together. That that's the thing. Like we Fun like, fact. would you count? Would you? I know, right? We've never like we've been to each other's shows a bunch, but we've never been in a show. You know what I mean? Yeah, I so that, it's like, it, okay, then I won't. We can't obviously guarantee something like that for twenty twenty one. But fuck it. In the not too yeah, future, but, in the not too distant future, you know, going to live sporting events and all those other things aside, we got to figure out a way to do a a. a, a of being a theater production together, you and I. Hell yeah, dude! I I agree. It's and, gone on too uh, long, I, but, but it, like, it, and I and I'm sure it's... it won't be the first and only time. I just want to throw that out there. Like, I, that's the thing. It's hard to rein in a theater conversation because when you pitch the idea, I'm like, of course we could talk about it, but there's so much to it, so many avenues we could go. We could dedicate an entire episode to it. So maybe sometime down the line on the Pie Guys, we'll have to dedicate a whole yeah, episode. Man. We've been dedicating a solid chunk of it. I do want to get back to character talk. But I just have to say, I theater yeah. is is the is the love of my life, man. It's I, as corny as it might sound, and as pretentious as I might sound, it, like that is the original thing to f- I fell in love with. Again, going back to that validation conversation, um, right. it it validated me. It gave me something. It gave me. It opened up doors to things that I found out I was good at. And of course, then you 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 want to pursue that. And if I could just live off doing theater and shit like that that would be that would be the ultimate dream on some level but back to characters um noises off dude of course was a, was an all-time I, yeah. show what, what noise was more about that was, noises off was a great uh, i was just saying that was the last show i did um and uh, yeah i played the director in that like the character not the act not i wasn't the director if you know the show then you know what i'm talking about it's a show within a show to play within a play in a sense um but anyway, that was the last show. But I would have, I would have to say, probably one of my most. I've had to think out of all the ones, I so I do, I've done musicals too. So that's another realm: plays versus musicals. I know, so but what, as what far roles, as musicals, what roles are coming to mind though? Is there what, that's what I'm saying. So as far as musicals go, because they're very different, you know what I mean. But like when I did yeah, I Chicago, I did a production of Chicago, and I played Amos. That was a great role and it was a fun show but like that the character specifically everybody in that show is a fucking liar 
like if you really if you really pay attention to the characters in the show Chicago, they're all fucking liars. They're all of them. You know what I mean? Billy Flynn's over here like, yeah, look at me. I'm the best guy. You know what I mean? It's like, you're a fucking piece of shit. You know, Roxy is like the star of the show, but she like murdered this guy and now she's lying her way out of it saying that she didn't cheat on her husband and everything. Then you have this other girl that's like a fucking murderer and like all the women in there are murderers, right? There's the cell block tango is all about how they've killed their husbands and boyfriends and whatnot. And then the one girl that tells the truth and that's innocent is the one that fucking dies. So it's like, they're all horrible people. Amos is the only one that's actually true. He's like, he doesn't, he's not lying. He He's being honest. He's, and that's when he does, has a song, Mr. Cellophane. It's like, the and nobody sees him, right? Nobody, everybody's blinded. And that's what the whole song's about, right? Like, nobody ever notices I'm here. I'm just, you look right through me, walk right by me. Like, you know what I mean? And so it's just like, and then at the end of the show, he doesn't get anything. She, like, she's the one that gets everything, right? And, and it's it's a weird show where the protagonists are technically the antagonists. You know what I mean? Um, but that character is definitely... Amos from Chicago. Uh, I remember also around the time you were doing that, would and and musicals are, thi- are things you've done before, and I know you well enough to know that you enjoy musicals, you actually fun. enjoy singing. It's not something I can relate to really, truly, even with all the karaoke experience. That's a whole other realm and another <laughs> for another time. But I can share in some brief musical history theater. I, I have musical theater history. I have musical theater history in my background. Um, for instance, the first musical I ever did, and this would be a role I actually would want to play again. So it ties into everything we've been talking about is LeFou from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, there you go. Many years ago, back in 2005, okay, (laughs) 16 years ago, I was in a production at my college. And even though it was a college production, shout out to that production, Solano College Theater, shout out to them, the almighty Solano College Theater. They put a lot of money into their musicals. And and they essentially had two stages that they could do um, shows at. They had the smaller, Mm -hmm. more intimate setting, Harbor Theater. Like a black box. Yeah, not quite, but much smaller. And then they had the bigger space where they did the bigger productions and typically the musicals. So this year, Beauty and the Beast was the, the was the first show of the season, and it was probably arguably the biggest name show on the season. And I just happened to be cast as LeFou. And I've never sung <laughs> in a show in my entire life, and I'm in my early 20s. It's scary, huh? Freaked out about it and a lot of money's in this show it, it, everybody else can fucking sing and sing well except for me but i'm really funny and i'm hilarious and my physical comedy is great so those are the things yep. that won me over anyway i would love to do that show again because i'm not a great singer now but i'm a much better singer now than i ever was then and so doing that role again would be fun for the singing i think it would be more fun yeah now as a more seasoned performer and as a better actor to dive back right. into LeFou and what a role to have too, because he's in it enough. He's in it just enough to be, have a lot of fun moments without having to be in it too much. It's like a, such a great supporting role character. He could, and, yeah. and he could, I won an he, award for that per- performance. I just want to say, I won the Dean Goodman choice well, that's, for LeFou. So I was just going to say he, that character may not he isn't the main character obviously but he's definitely a show 
stealing character. You could he's easily so steal the show. Oh yeah, he's in, in it enough. You could easily steal the show. He pretty Lefou. much gets to sing Gaston. I mean, he gets the first half yeah. solo of that song before everybody jumps in. So, and that's one of the right. most fun songs in Beauty and the Beast, especially the live <clears throat> production. Because typically speaking, you have the ensemble out and everybody's doing all this, right. this fun choreography, and then they get the beer steins and they're clanging the the beer mugs off everybody and it was a blast right. like as much as i was terrified to play that role as over the you want to talk about an evolution over the course of the show i ended up having a lot of fun with the songs but of course right as the 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 run ends i start to feel like i'm taking more ownership of the role because you want to talk about being scared i was one of the most terrifying yeah. shows i ever did for a while was a musical regardless of the role because i knew i was out of my element i i, I didn't feel like i belonged there but the director was like no you're hilarious in the role we're gonna you know what i mean he was he was a great right, source, right. Uh, he was a great source of confidence but there was a lot of times like man i just didn't have it i was like ah i i shouldn't be it's up yeah it's again musicals versus like a play or they're so different and they're yet they're so fun in their own way and even again going back to character yeah even the characters are very different because who just randomly breaks out in song it's such an unnatural like thing to do but then right. you got to make it seem natural at the same right. time you like know it's what I mean? just a so thing it's, that it's, happens yeah yeah we just do this um well, yeah so it's that's hey man i i there and, but, and that's the other thing though too with me like musicals there's a lot of musicals out there with characters that aren't and don't necessarily have to be good singers. You're right. You know what I mean? Right. There's, it's it's a character's there, song. You know what I mean? LeFou is a very character-y song. Speaking of characters, character. speaking of characters, there's a couple of other that I actually would admit, and I have, yeah, I would admit I want to play. I, I still think I'm I'm not too old yet to play these characters. In fact, maybe I'm not old enough. Um, and it would be a challenge. And I know, again, it would be out of my element, but I want to play Max Bialystok and the producers. And I want to, dude. Play, that was one of mine in high school. I want to play the MC in in um, cabaret, dude. And cabaret, both of that's those roles, one of mine. And in the cabaret, in the <laughs> MC, you would have, you would need to do some singing. But I think I could hit it. I think I would be able to if I worked at it. And that's the thing, as an actor, as a performer, that would be the challenge of that role. But I, I love. It's so funny. I'm not a big musical director, but I, I love cabaret and I love producers and I want to be in a production of them. That's so funny because those are those are two of my characters that i would love to play at some point i would love to play i would love to be of the course. mc in cabaret yes. and max bella stock yes um which I, I would take i would definitely take in any other character yeah yeah for or yeah or yeah um he's a nathan lane character for the newer movie um right more more people probably uh, know that he was in it more than john Lennon. right right but yeah, right. Anyway, exactly. What were you saying? But it, uh, no, yes, it, I would love to play any of those roles. Um, those are definitely some a couple of my top two as far as musicals oh, go. Dude. Another great show is The Full Monty, which oh I, I got to do. Yeah, yeah. I I, I got to do that show, and I and I was the assistant director for that. Oh um, snap! But that, yeah. It, but you, it's we see. I think you, me, Danny. You know what I mean? Like we got to because that's that is literally a show about average Joes who aren't supposed to be good looking. You're saying that show specifically we should, we should go out for. I would I would totally do. Uh, I'd be down for a production. You have to get naked. I would be down for that, and I wouldn't have any issues. You you should know this. You've been in the locker room after HHN. <laughs> so, um, exactly, yeah, but the, you know for the right cause, I, anything's possible. 
as far as plays go, I would one of my ultimate dream. I have two actually, and one of them I've done the show, but the first one I've uh, the show A Few Good Men, which I did. I did that show. I don't even remember when I did that show. It was a long time ago. I did that show and I played Santiago, but I would love to play. Um. Uh, damn, what's his name, dude? Tom Cruise's character in the movie. Tom Cruise. Yeah, we know. I can't remember. I can't remember the character's name right now. Tom Cruise. Um, but I would love to play that character or that role. Tom Cruise. Because it's, it's just that show. It's Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin, who also is a one of my favorite writers. He writes a lot of plays. There's a lot of movies. Did Social Network. He wrote A Few Good Men, the movie too, and everything. So he's he's a well well known writer. For screen and play and stage, um, but that one, and then I would love to do Streetcar Named Desire. Oh, of course play. you would, Stella. Come on, hell yeah, dude! I gotta do my brand. <laughs> That's not even an impression. I just hey, thought, Stella. I get over here, Stella. Those are classics. Yeah, dude, I would love Those are to- classics, and I feel you. And so I wanted to jump in. You've inspired me. There's a couple of shows I want to shout out because yeah, let's throw it out there and see what happens. Let's manifest it. I forever talking about great writers have loved almost anything david mammoth's ever written but mm. one show in particular is glengarry glenn ross mm. Mm. i need to be in a production mm. of glengarry glenn mm. ross someday not only is the movie all time and the movies are slightly different as we know alec baldwin um but the movie's a little different than the stage production i want to do the stage production i want to do it and i want to do it now that would be a great one you want to talk about danny and you and a bunch of other guys we know doing it that would be a great show oh yeah yeah for um and of course, everybody wants to do Hamlet, right? Like every male actor ever wants to be Hamlet. And I'm sure almost every male actor also wants to play this role, but I have to find out a way to play Iago in Othello someday. Okay. I don't want to toot my I own horn. I could see you. I but I think I would crush Iago, Iago in Othello. I think yeah. I would crush it. Um, I think you would too. So have I you sh- done any Shakespeare? Have I? Good sir. What Shakespeare? Forsooth. What Shakespeare? I've done some fucking Shakespeare, okay? Um, speak the speech i pray then dude hold hold fast you know thy tongue and tickle thy taint here's the (laughs) here's the deal we could obviously wax poetic all night long um i love this though i'm glad you brought it up maybe we'll do something with this maybe we'll figure out videos we've been talking about things of the future and the evolution of the podcast Maybe we'll make time for more theater talk. Well, maybe we'll dedicate an episode. Maybe we'll even someday put on a one-man or a stage production where it's just the Wonder Twins doing some theater, and it's avant-garde, and it's experimental. I don't know. I do know a couple of things, though. You can definitely tune into the Stereo app, download it, find us, Shane the Train, and, and, and find us out there on the app. Tune in. Please keep supporting the podcast following us subscribing we need subscribers we need we need rated we need ratings we need uh we need comments we need all those things so show us some love please we're, we're here we're, we're out here we're newborns and i want to round out this episode um i shouted out uncle clem but i want to round out shouting out my yum yum time treat uh typically we try to we try to you know uh facilitate a pie i mixed it up because there's only two weeks left in school give me a fucking break okay <laughs> I had some. Sorry had some, for cursing. I had some tiramisu. 
Okay. Oh, I ordered shit. some. Tir- I, I didn't order it, but I got I'm some. I'm supposed to be over here in home egg making tiramisu. I'm not. What am I ever gonna fucking need to know how to make tiramisu? Exactly. It looks like the most fun time over there. Uh, but I got Archer Farms tiramisu. Um, <laughs> I didn't get to make any of it with the hot girl in class that I've had a crush on. But you know what? For tiramisu, it's not bad. Uh, but also full disclosure, it's probably the first time I've ever had tiramisu that I can think. Really, of. dude? Uh, it's the first you've never time I've had, had it. Before. It's like coffee cake. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not crazy about it, but I like, I, I wanted to mix it up. I just wanted to mix it up. So I think uh, it's a great mix up. Yeah. It, it's it, on it's, a cake. It's on a pie. It's exactly. tiramisu. It's, it's in the family. It's a, <laughs> it's a distant cuz of, of everything else. So, um, I don't know. This, this episode went longer, I think than we originally intended, but fuck it, man. It's, it's full of, it got me really excited. It got me excited early on with baseball and it got me excited late with, with theater talk, things that I love to talk about, things that I, I love to talk about with you and things that I love that anybody's Hell listening yeah, to and wants more of. So um, on that high note, Shane, do you want to close it out? Yeah. Um, listen, if, just fucking, if you go into Starbucks, make sure that you have some patience. All right. Don't be a fucking little bitch. And it's just coffee. It's just fucking coffee. Fuck Come you. Fuck Raven. down, Susan. Shut the fuck up, Raven. All right, I hope you got your ticket, your glove, your Cracker Jacks, your peanuts, your beers, your micheladas, your nachos, your specialty order, anything you need, your little herb, maybe some herb. Get it ready. Let's go out to the field, baby, because we want more. So how about that for another undeniable truth? Okay, look, maybe we got to really workshop all the names around here, but, uh, you know, hang with us. Enjoy the game. The opening game of the 2029 MLB season is the Los Angeles Dodgers at the San Francisco Giants. Thursday night fucking baseball on MLB Network. You better believe it's kicking off the season, and your boy is the opening day starter on the road in his old home area. Grew up outside of the Bay, but not far from the Bay. Went to games up there. Both times the Dodgers won. And he's going against Six Toe Sanchez. I lied earlier when I said you weren't going to recognize a name. That's probably the only name you might still recognize who's an actual baseball player. That's his actual name, Six Toe Sanchez. Except, after you're done Googling him, you will confirm that he doesn't play for the San Francisco Giants. He plays for the Marlins. Again, stay with me. Video game, 2029. I'm a starting pitcher. This isn't real. Ooh, more names you're going to recognize. Check out this Dodgers lineup on opening day. Batting first at second, Gavin Lux. The shortstop for your Los Angeles Dodgers batting second is Noel V. Marte. Then in left field, switch hitting Michael Anderson. First base is Bobby Bradley. In right field, we got Dylan Cousins playing center field is DJ Peters. Third base is guess who? Corey Seager. Huh? Mm-hmm. And the catcher, Chance, Cisco. Starting pitcher Trevor Wright rounds it out. Meanwhile, on the Giants side, it doesn't fucking matter. There I am. There, there I am doing high knees. They just zoomed in on me. I led the National League in wins last season. Did you know that? That's correct. Not a typo. I led the National League in wins last season in 2028. We're on the road. Stay with me. Now, my shades. I don't like this. My shades look cool. They're old school blades. The way it's sure fucking shown. Is like they're down at the edge of my nose. I'm wearing sunglasses like they're reading, like they're old fucking old man reading glasses in his study. He's old. He's going to die in two weeks. That's how I'm wearing my sunglasses. What the fuck? 
it's like coming through the middle of my nose. It's weird, but it's also kind of an interesting look because it's like my guy has kind of lowered them to look through the top of them. That's an interesting look. Look at the fucking crowd. 2029 opening day at Oracle Park. It's the home opener. We want to watch the full game. Look at the drone shot opening up. Oh, this is great. Actually, I can't hear any of the game, by the way. Because uh, we're not syncing this up for a stream. So I'm over here just like, it's a beautiful ballpark. I will give you that much, San Francisco. You guys have a fun place to see a ballpark. I am warming up at the bullpen. and Everyone's very serious. Opening day 2029. It actually says it on the screen. They're doing the opening intros. It's very cinematic right now. The Giants are high-fiving each other and, and definitely slapping each other on the butt. That guy definitely just did that. Seriously. There I am, the shortest guy in the line. You can see the Dodgers over there standing next to, I'd say next to Seager or whoever that is. And I'm, that's what's kind of fun about it. It's like, oh, there's Trevor, which is not always something you could say in a group of people, but here we go. And when I'm observing, I mean, I'm watching now it switches from cinematic mode of introductory introductions of the ball players, etc. And it cuts to like, okay, the first pitch was a ball and it was outside and Gavin stepped out, out of the box and he wiggled around and six toe walked around in a circle or reset himself, you know, a little in between shit. It, it shows that in a cinematic light, but every action, every pitch uh, every hit, every everything that happens, I'm observing from my own personal seat in the dugout, right? Oh, my God. Because my guy's pitching, therefore he's in the dugout. I'm watching the game. But you got to also realize at the end of the day, you are watching a not an actual baseball game. You're watching a video game simulation of a baseball game. And if I think about it too long, that's when the depression will set in. While I've been gibbering, it's a two and two count to our boy Gavin, four pitches. And so he's doing a good job being the leadoff guy. You want to set a tone. He just takes a hack. Oh, almost down the line. That would have been an easy double. Good opposite field approach there. Both also hitting the ball and staying alive. Oh, good eye right there. It's a full count on a 95 mile an hour fastball outside. Six pitches in. Gavin Lux, even if he gets out on this very next pitch, in my opinion, has turned in a good at bat. You made this guy throw seven pitches at least to start the game with no immediate out yet. Boom, he rips it foul on the seventh pitch so now he's definitely staying alive that's not how they're saying it but you understand he is not fooled by anything six toe is thrown today that's a double down the line gavin looks on the eighth pitch of the at bat after fouling off a couple gets an easy double to lead off the game a runner in scoring position just like that that's the first hit of the season that's a hell of a way to start it off don't you think i think so beautiful stroke right there now the very next guy looks at a strike right there, nice pitch on the outside corner there. It's 0-1. Big, big, big at bat early on, yes, and not just the season, but this game. If you're going to make an out in this situation, you got to get him over, okay? This, in my opinion, has to score, not just because your boy needs the run support, doesn't really need the run support, would love the run support, but I don't need it. I want to say that I because I dominate out there on the mound. I don't need it, but I want it. Don't need it, but I want it. One and one now, 10 pitches in, and nobody's out. They're showing the umps. Who gives a shit? They didn't even show the actual Dodger players up to the plate. So I, I don't know. I can't remember from the lineup who this is. I think it's Noel V. Marte. He hits the next pitch, and he hits it fucking hard. This one's way back. It's gone. Halfway up the fucking seats. Oh, my goodness. Marte, it is him. Boom. He left that one up over the plate. Full extension on the follow-through, and that was a majestic one. 95.4 miles off the bat. I don't know if I believe that exit velocity. He didn't rocket it out of here, but that was a majestic 391-foot bomb. I wish I could hear the crowd right now. They're probably pretty, pretty quiet oh nice oh that would have almost been the third straight hit if it wasn't directly into that fucking guy's glove my goodness 
He smoked it the other way, right to the third baseman. There's one away. Michael Anderson just got out. Bobby Bradley's coming up next. We got Dylan Cousins, DJ Peters, Corey Seager, Chan, Cisco, and then Trevor Wright. Last season, the Dodgers had a 257 average. Good enough for 10th in the National League. That's not that good. 10th in the National League probably means it was even lower in the overall major league. So not fucking good. Bobby Bradley had 28 bombs last year. So this guy hit 257. He's got power. Doesn't hit for the greatest average. But at this point, he might be taking another one deep. And he goes off the, after the first pitch and it's a hit. Beautiful approach. He didn't try to do too much with it. Pulled it right in between the first and second base gap. It's not a lot of pitches to this point. One more pitch, and you could get two outs on a, on a well-placed ground ball and be out of this inning. But this is looking like a back-breaking inning made courtesy of Santa Prisca. Dylan Cousins in right field. He's going to get his first strokes of the young season, this infant season. It feels like so much has already happened. Oh, a big whiff right there. On the off speed, it's one and one. He takes a step out to regather himself, get a couple of practice hacks in. I'm just loving this view right now. It's it's a beautiful day. There's a few clouds out. There doesn't look to be a lot of wind here in uh, San Francisco. A lazy fly ball out to left field. Now, it carried a bit. He didn't hit it that well. It makes you wonder, if, if you get anything in the air today, DJ Peter's now coming up. He had 26 bombs last year at 256. So you can kind of see sense a theme here with this Dodgers lineup. 18 pitches in, we got two outs, two runners already in, and a runner is on first. The first pitch to DJ, he turntables on it, hits it into the gap. Is anybody going to get there? That's what they call triples alley, and he does make the play. That didn't have a lot of steam on it, but they had to get on their horse, as they say. That was almost really dangerous. Somehow the Giants feel lucky to escape the top of the first with only giving up two runs. Can I make two runs hold up? Ooh, this is already setting up a great story for this game. Hunter Bishop is their leadoff guy. I've got so many perks available. Now, uh, real quick, I am also pitching against the basically the highest rating the game can offer. Seriously, it's the game's AI rating against me. This is now I'm taking over. The first pitch was a ball, and my shades are fucking low. My first two pitches, not very good. It's 2-0. and We don't want to give away this 2-0 lead. We just got gifted. Not the greatest start, but it's worth mentioning I'm pitching against the highest rated difficulty in the game. The third pitch miss is low, and, and if this were an actual broadcast, I'd have to watch my mouth because it's probably going to go off. Finally, I throw a strike. It's 3-1 to their leadoff guy. Immediately giving this back would not be uh, a good plan. Oh! He checks his swing, and I walk the very first guy. So not a good start for either pitcher. Again, focus is kind of pulled. I'm trying to do double duty here, and I'm also trying to finish sentences in between playing the game at a casual pace. Big spot here. We don't want to give this away, so I'm going to go slider down and away. We'll see what he does. The guy has a normal lead. He's looking a little antsy over there, actually. I think I'm going to step off, and I actually ran off the mound at him. Like, what are you doing? He's got a slightly aggressive lead. Maybe not a stolen base threat, but it's a uh, potential hit and run option. So I'm holding. I'm being very deliberate. I'm going to step off again. So now he goes back to first. The crowd is probably booing me. It's uh, 0 and 1. Now he hasn't got his big lead back. He's kind of in his place. He's not going. The next pitch is inside at 98. The heat is good. The the heat is on. But the fucking location is not good right now. And I know it. I'm walking around. I'm jiggling myself. I'm trying to get loose. I'm taking my time. We're going to go up and in. I don't think he can catch up to my heat. 
caught up to something. He just got a hold of it. I threw it right down the middle. But guess what? My right fielder is there. Not the greatest pitch. Not the greatest pitch by any means. But we got an out. And guess what? He didn't advance the runner. So there's one guy gone, eight pitches in. Los Correa. Recognize that guy? Holy shit, he's up. A legitimate threat here. And of course he would play for the Giants, right? He seems like a guy that will eventually find his way into a Giants jersey. Carlos fucking Correa is the next hitter. Just stepped off, and I threw back to first. Crowd hates me. Ooh, ooh, nice pitch, but it missed. It's one and one. They're cutting to the third base coach. He just wants somebody to look at him. Didn't fucking chase. That was a great pitch. Wow, I think a lot of people would have swung and missed or fouled it off, but he took it like he knew what was coming, and because it's the video game, he probably did. That guy's taking a bit of a lead. They, they, they want to try to get an edge. They know they need it. They know they need to try to get a guy out of first because a, well, a ground ball gets us two right here, and then, and then that's all she wrote. Got a hold of that one. I left it down, but he flied out. Uh, it's, the game is telling me that that wasn't a great pitch because of the way the contact he made on it, um, but honestly, he just flew out. You know what I mean? He didn't even get the warning track. It was, it was a violent swing, but he just flew out. Right, now the game's giving me an option to do a challenge, uh, as a, a challenge per this specific hitter. Cordon out with the pitch inside the zone, or cordon out without letting the batter make solid contact, or strike the batter out. I'm going to strike his fucking ass out. That's what I'm going to do. Pitch is inside and low. He's liable to go deep here. The game's upset. I think this guy could get thrown out, but, you know, he thinks he's a cool guy over there trying to distract me. Ooh, that cutter was nowhere near where I wanted it to be. Up and in, 2-0. To Ruiz, I've thrown 16 pitches now. Not the greatest inning to start this game. But so far, you know, no harm, no foul yet. Fastball tails outside. It's 3-0. and Not looking good for this fucking at-bat. So we're going to kind of figure a walk here and just throw him a nice little cookie. See if he chases. Uh, he doesn't. That's two walks in the first inning of this season. Not good. I failed to strike the batter out option. I completely failed that. That's the opposite of that. So now runners are on first and second with two outs. Jorge Bonifacio is up. He fouls it the other way, but he hits it right to the right fielder, and it's hit so hard that the guy can only advance the third. We've got the bases loaded. We've got a situation, ladies and gentlemen. We had a nice, cushy two-run advantage, but now the bases are fucking loaded in the bottom of the first inning. You are out, and Jose Ramirez is up. That guy, the switch hitter of actual MLB fame. This is going to be dangerous here. Balls up and high, like me. Ball one. Ooh, the second pitch right at the knees, one and one. I had to use the show, and I got really quiet because I needed to focus. Uh, this is not going as well as I had hoped. Ooh, fuck yeah. That was the best cutter I threw. He watched it. All right, one pitch away, and we were out of this fucking inning. He's gone. 99 at the corner. Bases loaded. That's it. Walked two, struck out one, but that was the one we needed it. That Ooh. And speaking of things that we needed, I don't know about you, the duo, but I feel like I needed this one. But that's just it. That was only an inning. So expect more innings in the future on the Pie Guys every Tuesday at You Got It.